Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at bluenile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hola. Welcome to Telling Everybody Everything. The podcast is a little bit late this week because of some weird glitch where I had a headache and fell asleep early. So, technology sometimes lets you down. Who's canceled this week? It's gotta be someone. Oh, Ellen DeGeneres, apparently not so generous as her staff, former staff, producers, whomever, say that she allowed a toxic work environment. All right. I have so many thoughts about this. I didn't click on any of the links outlining these allegations of behavior because truthfully, I have heard in the industry for quite a long time that... She can be, it's a word used to describe many professional women, difficult. Now, here's what bothers me. Firstly, yes, I absolutely believe former staff members who say that it was toxic. And probably it is true that people were asked not to look Ellen in the eye or whatever else. But here's what irks me. I have firsthand experience of watching a lot of international male TV show hosts be sort of the same way. They work so hard to produce, what, 10 shows a week? I don't know how many. And you have to think, when you are that big, no one's as big as Ellen, but when you are that beloved by all of America, you have producers and audience wranglers and whomever, executives, commissioners, banging at your dressing room door all day long with changes, with script notes, with different adjustments, with last minute guest swaps and dropouts. And I'm sorry, but to advocate for the hosts for a minute, they are the one on camera and they have to be in a good headspace. I have a very small career in the UK But even when I go on shows, sometimes writers and researchers are knocking at the door so much that I feel like I can't prepare. I'm unprepared to go on and be as funny as I can be. You have to be in this really special headspace as a host where you can answer questions quickly, have funny comebacks, listen, respond, be interested. And everyone only has a certain amount of emotional energy in the day. So I get it when people have to make boundaries and say, listen, please don't knock at my door unless, you know, it's between the hours of here and here. Because if I can't get in my proper headspace, we're going to have a bad show. And when we have a bad show, nobody says, oh, you know, that researcher is a real piece of shit. Everybody goes, well, Ellen's not funny, for example. So I do understand this first bit about 
boundaries. I also understand that a lot of these rumors are exaggerated. They're sort of become urban legends like Mariah Carey, you can't look her in the eye and oh, Ellen, you know, you can't do this and that. These happen to be about women most of the time. Was Johnny Carson really nice and kind to everyone? No, he has a reputation of being very talented, but a nightmare to work with. Look at all the male hosts throughout history, and I don't think it's acceptable to treat people badly. Certainly, I don't. But they just don't get held to the same standard. No male host is canceled unless he physically gets his entire dick out or fucks an intern. And even then, it's like, well, you know, he owned up to it. I just feel that, yes, not every time a woman is criticized, it doesn't mean that it's misogyny. Of course not. And saying, what about these men? A lot of people view that as literal whataboutism. But no, I think it's a greater picture. Women, first and foremost, still are expected to be nice. We're raised to be nice. I can't tell you how many times I've worked on a show where bosses, you know, people who are in charge of whether or not I get a job, they say, oh, actually, Catherine, we had no idea that you could make people so comfortable. You're actually very warm. They describe me like I'm a fucking 15 tog duvet. I'm a comedian. You don't think that I'm warm because you see me on stage telling jokes, doing an alpha job. I can tell you, He's my very good friend. Jimmy Carr is one of the warmest people that I have ever known. He's generous, kind, he's a lovely man, but nobody cares if Jimmy Carr is warm. He's really funny on stage and that's it. And in his work, he's very professional. He's not one of the examples of someone who's difficult, but I have seen it. I have seen people treat runners as though they're disposable, treat writer's rooms in a way that resembles a toddler having a tantrum. I have personally seen this. Maybe not in this country. Maybe, you know, I can't say someone could always be having a bad day when I'm in the room. So I don't know. But I do hate the double standard. I think we are held to a very different standard. Should the atmosphere on set be different on the specific Ellen DeGeneres show? Of course, I don't think anyone should feel uncomfortable at work. And I have to admit, I don't know all the details, but I do think a lot of it has to do with employees being creepy and what Ellen didn't manage it well enough. Ellen, who has like 40 jobs to do every minute, she didn't oversee that this work environment was better. Well, she's not the HR. And I'm sorry, why did Hillary let Bill Clinton cheat on her so much? And why do these women not manage the men around them? It just feels like misogyny to me. Yes, it should be corrected, but is Ellen the worst of the bunch? I highly doubt it. This is an opportunity for growth and evolution, but not if you cancel someone and replace her with (laughs) what type of man? Let me guess. And I bet he's going to be sunshine and roses and he's never going to get frustrated. These people get paid lots of money to be able to handle all this pressure. I do understand that. We're in a very privileged position. I'm just saying none of us can imagine the level of pressure that's on Ellen. She is beloved. Beloved is a very dangerous place to be. Only Oprah can handle being beloved. I meant to discuss this last week, but last week was still pretty spicy and I don't 
love a pile on. Um, I think it's very dangerous. You know how I feel about cancel culture. And we were all over Wiley for his anti-Semitic tweets and Instagram. And I think on a larger scale, criticizing Twitter because people feel, rightly so, that these platforms have a responsibility to remove hate speech and they didn't do so quickly enough. I like to step back and examine the fallout because I think any event with a public figure or celebrity is more about the meta-narrative of how we respond to it. So Wiley said what he said, and then I noticed uh, the more people criticized him, it amplified his words and shared it with a greater community, many of whom agreed with him and it emboldened them. And that's what made me very, very upset. And I think it's important to explain what I learned about anti-Semitism in the brief time that I was quite close to people of Jewish faith. The long and short of that story is I was dating someone, a person of Jewish faith, and if I wanted to take the relationship further, basically that I would have to convert. And that's fair. I mean, different families have different standards of, you know, what works for them and how they want to raise their children. And I kind of like that Jewish parents are like, all right, if you want to marry my child, then you have to do all these difficult steps. I think every culture should have that. No one should be able to spend a life with your child without completing a series of challenges. That's the way I'm going to operate my household. I'm going to be like, oh yeah, you want to marry Violet? Well, you have to climb a mountain, find one perfectly round coconut with a diameter of 21 centimeters. Then I need you to slay a dragon. <laughs> That's literally how hard it was. So the level of um, conservative Jewishness that this family was, I think to convert properly, what I read in this country is that I would have had to live with an Orthodox family for six months and then go through all these steps with the rabbi. And I just, that's where I was out. I was like, I have too many dogs for that. No Orthodox Jewish family wants me living with them for six months. I work too often, so I need to work on Fridays. That's the other thing. If you are, uh, and every family is different, but in this family, I think you're expected not to work on the Shabbos if, if you do it to that level anyway. And I just thought, oh gosh, I don't think that I can make these adjustments. And it was cool because turns out we weren't right for each other anyway, but I did explore it. And I'm noticing a lot of people asking, well, what's wrong with saying Jewish people control all the money? Let me explain it to you because it's very simple. There is this impossible duality with anti-Semitism, And that is on one hand, Jewish people are somehow beneath anti-Semites and they're like vermin. But on the other hand, they're all powerful and mighty and they rule the world and all the money. So what are you supposed to do when the people who want to oppress you are saying that you are both sides of the scale? It just does not make any sense. And it's old rhetoric that has been used to hurt and marginalize people of Jewish faith. And you think it's a compliment or something. So you're allowed to say it. You are absolutely not. It others an entire group of people and makes them a target. And it's exactly the type of propaganda that led to the brutal genocide that we would really not want to happen again. Yadik. And now I'd like to tell you my favorite thing about Jewish faith, because there were lots of things that I was banging to. Listen to this. 
says in the Torah, you mustn't boil a calf in its mother's milk. And I took that to mean like, don't be a dick, you know, like don't boil a calf in its mother's milk, like go easy. But actually it's the reason that some kosher families don't eat cheeseburgers. And think about that. Think about how sick we are. We take beef and that's like a cow and then we put dairy on it, which is the cow's mother's milk. What kind of a sick freak does stuff like that? And then I think there's another dish in Asia that's genuinely called mother and child and it's chicken and a chicken's egg. Uh, I am really on board with any religion that says, hey, you know, evil, evil's wrong. (laughs) Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. And I want to talk about religion today because I have never really subscribed to organized religions. I actually think that let's go with the word of God. The word of God was definitely transcribed by man. And that's why parts of the Bible are bananas to me. But I've really gotten into prayer. I think that if you remove organized religion from it, it's very spiritual. It can be used to soothe you. It's kind of meditative. If you read a prayer over and over, it, for me anyway, it does work at bringing this level of peace. And it has been something that I've found in lockdown totally off brand for me, but I really like prayer. I think if you sit for a moment with your thoughts and you read words that are meaningful and that give you comfort or even just quiet for a few minutes, then that is a wonderful thing. So today I would like to call my friend Heather. Well, I don't know what her last name is. I always get confused when people get married. I want to call my friend Heather. We used to hang out a lot together and I've noticed she's um, an influencer, a mom who talks a lot about her faith on Instagram and she has a blog and um, she's changed a lot. And she says, yeah, I found faith and then I wasn't really fulfilling God's plan for me and I changed. And it's kind of hurtful because I think when she talks about the times that she wasn't fulfilling God's plan, those were the times that she was my friend. So, I mean, I I felt like we were fulfilling God's plan fine, but let's call Heather because she has some very interesting thoughts on faith. Good morning. Good morning. Did I wait too long? Are your children awake? No, they're not awake yet. I miss you. I love what you're doing. I love seeing everything you're doing, Catherine. No, you don't. A lot of what I'm doing. Yes, I do. A lot of what I'm doing is quite naughty. Well, some of it is naughty. (laughs) But 
I think, I literally think you're one of the smartest people that I've ever met. So I just appreciate your intelligence, even if you say something that is dirty. Uh. I appreciate your intelligence behind what you're saying. Thanks, Heather. I think you're a genius, and I will be keeping your compliment in the edit. So I know that you are a very faithful person, and I've watched you grow and share a lot of your feelings about God and about prayer. I was just wondering when that started for you and how it influences your life. So I grew up going to church with my family. Yeah. So Sunday school as a kid, and I knew Bible stories and... You know, I I knew about God, but it wasn't until I was about, I think I was like 29-ish, pregnant with Luke, my Mm -hmm. first child, and I was experiencing, uh, I was very excited to be pregnant, but I also had anxiety about the unknown and entering this new chapter of my life. Yeah. And the anxiety was a little bit overwhelming at times. And I just was like, you know what, I'm going to go back to that. But I kind of my childhood and I started reading one Bible verse a, a day and I would find some that I'm like, this doesn't really make sense. But then I would find one that was like you're saying, really comforting and like telling me about how God has a plan for my life and he wants me to have a good life. He has good plans for my life. He has a purpose for everything that's going on in my life. And so uh, as that progressed, I just started reading more and more of the Bible and finding this comfort in knowing who God was. Mm. I used to think about the Bible as a rule book. It's just telling you what to do. And while there are guides for how we can live our lives, those guides are, um, you know, just like as a parent, we want to keep our kids safe. We try to guide them in the right way. But so much of the Bible teaches us about God's character, who he is. And so reading the Bible, I've now been reading the Bible for five years. And actually, with the Bible study that I've been going through, I've almost read the entire Bible. And I could read it a million times over because there's just so many gems in there. But um, it tells us about God's character. And so the more I read the Bible, the more I get to know my Heavenly Father's voice in a world that is so loud and filled with Um, so many other voices that are pulling for my attention and pulling me in all of these different directions. But when I can hear God's voice, I'm like, okay, he's got a plan. He's guiding me. Yeah. I can trust him. And because of that, I've been able to make decisions that I never thought I would make. So you feel like it's given you a lot of confidence in your own direction, but also a lot of clarity and peace? Because God created us all unique, right? Yeah. He's our creator. And so because, you know, because I get, I can so easily get caught in Sally down the streets doing this. Well, I need to do that. Yeah. Because she's a mom of two and she's the same age as me. And, you know, she has this much in her bank account. Well, that's where I need to be. But then I come back to God and he's like, no, no, this is where you need to be. I do believe that even without prayer, because I have been reading a lot more um, select passages lately. I find them very meditative and like calming. I do feel that old Carrie Underwood, Jesus take the wheel element, but (laughs) I have an issue with always needing to be active. I need to be moving forward. And I think I've learned during this time a lot of patience and 
I think my individual calling right now is just to let go of things that I can't control. I really can't be in control of everything. And I agree. I think there is so much of an impulse, especially with social media, to do this and do that. And even when bad things happen, I do actually believe now that it's part of a plan. So I agree. I totally agree. I think uh, coronavirus it was a huge wake-up call for me. I like control. I have just started to look learn about that my Enneagram number. What's that? Have you done any? Um, so you can read about different Enneagram numbers, and it's basically just like personality types. And so I've got a Christian-based workbook now that is Enneagram-based also. And so it's helping me to understand more about my personality type. So I'm an eight, and I also love control. And then on the far end of that, it's to a fault. And what you said about always moving forward, always like striving, I like that too, right? You can check the boxes. You can see you're moving forward. Um, But sometimes God does call us to just take a rest season because he's going to do work in us um and move slow is and it's hard it's so hard do you feel like you're happier now than you were five years ago 100 percent. really every aspect of my life is like completely transformed i would say and it's not perfection it's purpose yeah all of my troubles did not go away because I am growing a relationship with God. The Bible actually tells us Christians that we will have trouble in this life, but take heart. God has overcome the world. And I really have to try to keep an eternal, eternal perspective because as a daughter of God, as a saved Christian, my end goal is actually eternity. What would you suggest, do you think, for someone who's sort of in the middle of us, like doesn't want to be uh, (laughs) naughty like me, but equally doesn't really want to overhaul their life and read the Bible, the whole thing, and go to church? Where can they start? So just, I also love to say it's a relationship, not a religion. Yeah. So I am in a season of young children. We don't always make it to church. When I do make it to church, I'm normally in Sunday school with my kids. So I do all of my time with God at home. There are so many online tools. And I would also say, like, I think sometimes being the strivers and the control freaks that sometimes people can be, I can be, when you when you start something new, you, like, think about, okay, so faith, I'm going to be a Christian. Well, I'm going to, you know, you think about, like, I'm going to overhaul my life and uh, start a ministry. That's <laughs> how I'm going to produce an income now, you know? But really, you just got to start, like, reading the Bible. Find a Bible study tool that works for you. Spend time with God. If that's too much, pray in the shower. Pray while you're driving. Talk to God. It doesn't have to be this, like, structured thing. He is waiting for you to seek him and have a relationship with him. He is standing there with arms wide open and um, he will take care of the rest. And I am naughty too. I sin every day. I am not free of sin. Mm-hmm. Um, we're human. I mess up all the time. I hurt people that I love. So it's not about being perfect. I'm sure you don't. I can't imagine you hurting people that you love. Oh, I do. Like when you tell the kids they can't have a brownie, maybe that's the worst thing you've ever done. No, 
No, I'm very opinionated sometimes. <laughs> so I pray know. in the shower. That's my. I look at my body and I say, "Thank you, Jesus, for this hot bod," and put well, that's my good. plastic surgeons as well. They thank- are skilled. You should thank them, right? <laughs> So it's like whatever works for you, it's an individual relationship. And I think a lot of us, our purpose is to help other people achieve their purpose. And I think you really do that really well. You're a good follow. So I will mention your Instagram as a resource for people who want to feel more peaceful. When God sees that I have um, good people in my life, then he will he will put me up a notch. He'll be like, okay, well, she's maybe not as bad as I thought. Do you know what? <laughs> what? You can't earn his love. What? You cannot earn his love. He loves you today the same that he would love you if you changed everything in your life. You cannot earn his love. You cannot lose his love. You just have to accept the relationship and the gifts. You can't earn it. Well, he sounds a lot like me in some of my past toxic relationships. (laughs) Well, it's been great to hear from you. I love your Canadian accent, and I miss you very much. I have a Canadian accent. Okay. I love you too, Catherine. Have a great... This is a treat. This is seriously a treat. Have a great day. You too. Bye. Bye. Heather posts a lot of great stuff every day on Instagram. She's one of my favorite people to follow. I follow, you know, if you went to high school with me and you are interesting now, then I follow you. Um, if I don't follow you, I mean, I'm sorry. I My love is not unconditional like God's love. But Heather's Instagram is at Heather Audrey and then the letter L. So Audrey like Audrey Hepburn. Heather Audrey and the letter L. And she's got great stuff on there. You know, it's faith, beauty, homeschooling your kids, wellness, hair. She's a makeup artist. She she really is an eight. Side note, how the bleeping age did I not get a Canadian accent? What happened? I don't sound like Heather. I don't sound like Bobby. (laughs) Bobby. I don't sound like my sister. I, I feel that I was raised by friends, like not friends of the family, but the TV show friends. And I have always, for some reason, had an American accent. Even when I was little, I didn't talk like anyone in my town. I haven't lost my accent. I certainly don't have a British accent. I think I came out the womb being like, hello, Jesus, give me the accent of a neutral Hollywood starlet. I always do this. I don't have very much time for emails, but we'll do as many as we can. Here we go. I've opened one. Hello, Catherine. I'm 17. I spent 22 weeks of 2019s in hospitals away from home. I had my 17th birthday in hospital. At the end of 2018, I was diagnosed with a brain tumor. But don't feel sorry for me. What doesn't kill you makes you stronger. How genuinely this is the first email that I have, the first email that I opened, and it's so exactly what we were talking about. (sighs) It's caused a lot of issues, don't get me wrong, but I'm still here. Here's the deal. I love everything you do. Not only comedy, but how you support women. I'm really fed up with how women tear women down. I mean, it's tricky because I have criticized women before in my stand-up. Not so much women, but some of their actions. But it's a different thing, and I think I know what you mean. There are, and I didn't even recognize this for a long time, women who, you know, they are some of the worst offenders who subscribe to the patriarchy. They have this internalized misogyny where they say, I don't think women are funny and they do themselves no favors, but I don't blame them necessarily because I think they're sick. They're a product of their culture. 
I love all your original songs. Maybe you like to hear mine, but they're a bit rude. Ha ha ha. Of course I'd like to hear your songs. You think I care if your songs are rude? P.S. I'm going to have some sort of celebration for my 18th. Happy 18th. Listen, I'm going to read to you the prayer that my dad has been reading to me. Make of this what you will. It's been a very prayer-based podcast this week, but this gave me a lot of hope to let you know, like between you and me, I sort of have a health issue right now as well. It's not at all as serious as what you're going through. And I'm also twice your age. So I'm so sorry to hear that you have this brain tumor, but I'm going to say a prayer for you. And it is the prayer to St. Jude. Oh, holy apostle, St. Jude, faithful servant and friend of Jesus, the church honoreth and evoketh thee universally as the patron of hopeless cases and of things almost despaired of. I'm going to pause now because... This stings a bit to hear, wait a minute, hopeless cases. My dad always prays to St. Jude for me. And I think it's kind of a joke in our family that I'm a hopeless case. But this prayer brings me a lot of comfort. I'm not saying that you're a hopeless case, but St. Jude is, you know, he just makes miracles happen. So this is the one. Pray for me, who am so miserable. Make use, I implore thee, of that particular privilege accorded to thee to bring visible and speedy help where help was almost despaired of. Come to mine assistance in this great need, that I may receive the consolation of heaven in all my necessities, tribulations, and sufferings. Particularly, please, will you heal Molly's brain tumor and make her totally well and make sure that it never returns and that she is in perfect happiness, health, wellness, everything for her 18th birthday. And that I may praise God with thee and all the elect throughout eternity. I promise thee, O blessed Jude, to be ever mindful of this great favor, to always honor thee as my special and powerful patron, and to gratefully encourage devotion to thee. Amen. It's a good prayer, right? And even if you don't believe in that stuff, it's a nice thing to focus your thoughts and meditate. And I have found it very soothing. And, you know, that's why I think Jude Law has the name that he has because his parents knew from birth this is going to be a rough ride. Totally swerving now with this next email. Um, Dilemma. Hi, I'm 29 years old. For a few years now, I've become very bothered by my pronounced under eye bags that makeup doesn't do anything for. These are hollows in my skin that I most definitely inherited from my mother. Mother! And the more time that passes, the more I'd like to do something about them. I'm getting married next year. I obviously want to look my best. I've done a lot of research. However, my problem is this. I've broached the subject with my fiance, and anytime I bring it up, he doesn't like the sound of it. He thinks and tells me often that I'm beautiful as I am, and he's fearful that if I go down the road of getting fillers, that it won't stop there and I might go too far, as many tend to do. Shade? Excuse me, was that shade against me? I might go too far as many tend to do. I need to see your face when you say something like that to me. (sighs) Many tend to do. We have been together for over 10 years. We have an excellent relationship. Then why'd you wait 10 years to get married? I'm just saying. We're both very independent within the relationship and never try to dictate to the other person what they do. Well, that's not true. That's explicitly not true because you want to get dermal fillers under your eyes and he's explicitly dictating to you that he doesn't want you to do that. He's kind, caring, and compassionate. We've always communicated very well. I feel that we have trust in each other because we've been open and honest about everything. I feel that he loves me so much. He loves the way I look. He deems me to be a natural beauty. So how do I proceed with getting this tear trough filler while still preserving the image he has of me? Do I just get it done and not say anything? Yes. Or you get it done and you go, yeah, I did this because 
It's my body and the image that you have of me is going to have to evolve and change throughout our marriage. And uh, what I've done here just gives me more confidence for the wedding and it doesn't define who I am. Do you understand that? I don't think your fiance is necessarily a bad guy. You say beautiful things about him. I'm sure he's great. And I do understand the fear from people who don't know a lot about aesthetics. It's expensive and they go, oh, this is the unknown. So obviously it hurts a little bit, although tear trough, way less painless than anything else. You honestly can't feel it, but I digress. You worry about your partner. You go, oh gosh, you know, you're just beautiful. I see you as beautiful. But he has to see you as also a fallible human being who might feel better to do something aesthetic like this. That's fine. And you have to learn through your own choices and potentially even your own mistakes. He can have an opinion, but whatever you choose should never change the image that he has of you. And when I say he can have an opinion, I mean, or not, like it should not affect what you do with your body. And you have to also consider that culture places us in this impossible position where they say, maybe she's born with it. You know, just be a natural, natural, natural beauty. Don't try, but be as beautiful as you can be. And we secretly want you to try, but we don't want you to try because the most honorable thing is just ethereal natural beauty but if you don't achieve it you know you're garbage and you're useless to society so you better hope no we have science now we have autonomy we have jobs I started getting tear trough filler when I was probably 22 years old so it's not an age thing like you say it is a hereditary thing and I don't get it often I honestly have had tear trough filler probably three years ago was the last time but if you have this hollowness no cream or laser or anything else is going to resolve it. Tear trough filler, to be honest with you, is not even something he's going to notice. But you're right, you shouldn't have to sneak something past your partner. So I would just do it and then walk in the door and go, this is what I did. And if he freaks out or it changes his opinion of you, then congratulations, you can call off the wedding before you signed legal paperwork to be tethered to this man for life. I don't know. Some people find it a turn on to do what their partner says. Different people have dynamics in their relationships that make no sense to me, but it is no one's business apart from the financial aspect if you share a bank account. What you do with your face, it just isn't. Um, uh, before I go, I would like to list the many solutions for my sister's troubling testicle crime bench. And thank you because these solutions have come flooding in. I do have a favorite, but out of respect, I'm going to read as many as I can. High-pitched sounds. So there are places that emit a really high-pitched noise that only teenagers can hear, and then it keeps teenagers away. I don't like this um, placing blame on teenagers. Same goes for millennials who can't buy houses because of this latte avocado obsession. That's actually not what it is. Millennials can't buy houses because the housing prices are so inflated and they'll spend 20 grand a year paying off someone else's house in rent. Of course, they can never buy houses themselves. Similarly, it is not teenagers causing crime at this bench. The men in the photo and the murderer was old as hell. Other suggestions, paint it pink, rainbow, glittery, glow in the dark. That seems like a real solution. My sister would love to do that. 
a big motion sensor floodlight? Well, no, because they do it in the day. They really aren't bothered by the floodlight of the sun. Yarn bombing, dress a mannequin in various outfits, cop uniform, grim reaper, clown, put a poster up for a good time call and then put the crime stoppers number underneath, CCTV. Yeah, I think my sister is a human CCTV and the police don't seem to care. Start a volunteer setup for people to sit on the bench. I mean, what is going on in your life when you volunteer to sit on a bench? Cover in very heavy potted plants, rocks or books. No, because these are murderers. They're gonna use the rocks as weapons. Cover in wet paint or dye every evening before closing so that way criminals will be covered in paint and will be traceable if any crimes happen. These people are, uh, they have drug dependency issues a lot of the time, so I don't think they care if they get paint on their clothes. And a lot of the people can be easily identified because they're known in the community, but the police just don't mind if they sit on the bench and deter business. There have been other suggestions for peanut butter or chocolate spread on the bench. Similarly, they don't care. Saw underneath the bench so that when criminals sit on it, it snaps if it's metal. Nails through the bench. It works for pigeons. I hate the homeless spikes. You know, I think we have those in the UK as deterrents and I think they're pure evil. If a homeless person wants to sleep somewhere, I want them to get a good rest. Memorial bench. Put photos and flowers of an imaginary deceased person so that the bench attracts respect. My favorite suggestion, Buddha bench. Now, more than 20 people have emailed me photos and instances of this working before, either for fly tipping, people leaving a ton of garbage somewhere they shouldn't, or for areas of high crime, like the testicle murderer bench. You decorate it with a sacred Buddha, and in this one instance, a family put a sacred Buddha somewhere to deter crime and someone built a beautiful hut all around it. People would come and pray at this site and they would leave sacrifices and gifts. Buddhas are very peaceful and encourage calm, friendship, gratitude. What a spiritual podcast we've had today. Carrie, get a Buddha, try the Buddha bench and give these testicle murderers a nice place to pray and maybe you can actually increase business while reducing crime to birds. Thank you so much for listening. If you ever want to email me, I'm sorry I don't get to many of the emails, but I'm trying. It's telling everybody everything at gmail.com. Bye. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.